0: Alone. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. You are not alone. And everybody hurts sometimes. And of course the question then is, what do we do with our hurt? In America, we have 101 ways to salve our hurt. We have entertainment we can turn to. We have work we can turn to. We have family. We have recreation. I'm finding many millennials today are finding great comfort in going out into the country, hiking, backpacking, camping. Many are finding comfort in, in sports. Everything from kayaking to bicycling. How do you deal with your hurt? You just tough it, shove it down, go on down the road, or do you do something about your hurt? That raises another question. Do you have any concern for your soul? Have you ever been anxious about the condition of your soul before a holy God? Have you ever been concerned about find that many that I speak with are drifting drifting back into old habits. Some of you who have been converted, you've come to Jesus and now after a period of time you've begun to drift back. You've gone back to the pornography. You've gone back to the to the worldly music that was at one time offensive to you. You've started lying again or stealing again. Feelings of bitterness and anger rise in your heart as you hurt. And you think that those feelings of hurt can be taken care of by watching movies, filling your heart with darkness. Some of you intellectually believe the gospel of Jesus. You agree with the basic doctrines of the church. Jesus was born of a virgin. Jesus was crucified and on the third day arose from the grave ascended into the heavens. You all say, yes, I agree with that. But you have no passion in your heart for that. You intellectually believe the gospel, but you don't believe it in your spirit. So some of you have no concern today for your soul. You're not anxious about your condition before God. You you say, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. Jesus has paid the price for my sin. I can still walk in the sin. I can't leave it. Hey, come on. Nobody's perfect. This is who I am. But you have no concern in your heart about your true condition before God. So you hurt sometimes. And you push it away. When was the last last time you sat before the Lord and wept over your sin? Some of you never have. Part of the problem I face in coming to this mic and speaking with you is that many times I'm not quite sure who I'm speaking to. There are Beautiful, dedicated Christians who listen to this broadcast. And then there are pagans who listen. There are people who have never really repented of their sin. And I have to speak to everybody. I'm trusting that Jesus will move in your heart today to reveal to you exactly what you're dealing with. I want to share a story out of the scriptures with you today. But I want to first preface it by saying, look, what does, what does it profit you? if you lose your soul. And if you just go about business as usual, if you just live your life casually, you will lose your soul. You realize that every morning when you arise, you have now begun one more day as the days count down in your life that you have remaining. And none of us know how many days we have remaining in our life. But you have a set number. The Lord has given you a certain amount of time to deal with the issues of your heart. And if those issues are not dealt with, and if you do not repent of your sin and turn from it, When your days are finished, whenever that might be, you will be cast into hell. And there will be no escape. So I come urging you to deal with the condition of your soul and be very honest with yourself. You don't have to be honest with me, but be honest with yourself about the true condition of your, pa- of your heart. I spoke with one woman, and I said, when were you converted? And she said, I was born in a Christian home. I've always been converted. I don't know when I was converted And my response to her was, then you're not converted. Oh, and she became very, very angry with me. She had a wonderful form of godliness. She had a wonderful outward manifestation of being a good person. But it was all flesh. It's got to go beyond flesh. Flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. Only those who are born of the Spirit will inherit the kingdom of God. And some of you have have been converted and then you've settled down in that place and you've believed false teaching that says that's all there is. No, there is a Pentecost baptism that equips us, that strengthens us, that encourages us to reach out to others and share the gospel. I'm going to make a statement to you that you may have a hard time with, but I'm going to say it. If you are not confronting sin in anyone's life, if you are not bringing the gospel to anyone that you meet. You have not yet been truly converted. Because conversion. Is a metamorphosis. It is a total change. And then there is a hunger in our heart. To cry out for the presence and the power. Of the Holy Spirit. And if you have. Have denied that and you live day after day just taking care of your family, earning your daily bread, doing what's necessary to be successful in this world having wonderful private times with God but there's no outward manifestation you're in trouble and you need to be very anxious for your soul I want to share a story with you out of the scripture. It's found in the book of John. In the gospel of John. The fifth chapter. After these things there was the feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool the one being called in the Hebrew, Bethesda. Bethesda means house of mercy. I've stood beside that pool. In fact, you know, I had to go and dip my hands in that pool as I stood there weeping over what I knew Jesus had done at that pool. So it's hard to see the pool now because there was a, a Byzantine structure that was built that's now gone except the rocks and the foundation. And then there was a Crusader chapel that was built right there at the Pool of Bethesda, and, and it's gone except the foundations and some of the wall. They've built around it, so it's you don't find the five porticos so quickly and easily as it was in the day of Jesus. It was beautiful in the day of Jesus. It was a Sabbath morning, and Jesus got up and somehow did not have his disciples with him. He went alone, and he found his way to the Pool of Bethesda. Now, the Pool of Bethesda had five porches, porticos, and on these porches lay many sick people, blind people, crippled people, paralyzed people, hurting people. And these people believed the myth that an angel would come down from heaven, only occasionally. And the water would be stirred. Now, it may have been a spring coming up. It it could have been the ruffling of the water by a breeze blowing. But they believed that an angel came and ruffled the water. And when that happened, people jumped into the water, believing that the first person to jump into the water would be saved, would be healed, would be restored. And they could then go on their way. Well, there was a man there. He was hurting. For 38 years, he'd been coming to that pool. 38 years. He'd been coming to that pool. And he was coming to that pool with the belief that if he could just roll off the edge into that water, don't worry about drowning, it's not very deep, if he could just roll off into that water, he would be well. And I'm sure many times he was in that water But nothing changed for him. Someone was always quicker. Someone always got in ahead of him. Do you ever feel like that? No matter how hard you try, somebody's always going to be ahead of you. And you're never going to be able to break out of the situation you're in. You're trapped in the debt. You're trapped in the culture. You're you're trapped in the poverty. You're trapped in the job. And you want to break out. And you've tried everything. But you've not been able to break out. Some of you have tried to live as a Christian. You've tried for years and you've always failed. The anger's come rushing back. The lust has filled your heart. The drugs have a hold on you. You're not able to break free, you're in bondage. And finally, you've just given up. As I was praying about this this morning, the Holy Spirit said to me. Some who will listen today have given up. That song has a message that says, hey, look, everybody hurts. So hang on. Hang on. Don't give up. Well, it's hang on until you discover the truth. And Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. But it means you're going to have to get serious about the condition of your soul. And it's not that you need to be released from the captivity you're in nearly as much as you must be released from the captivity of sin that has consumed your heart. with sin comes discouragement and hopelessness with sin comes every form of bondage and that must be dealt with in the prayer closet if I could sit with you as I wish I could today one on one face to face I would say to you what stands between your heart in the heart of Jesus Christ. Does anything stand between you? And if you're like most, and if you are honest, you would answer, yes, there's much that stands between my heart and Jesus' heart. So I come today recognizing your hurt, And if I were with you, I would speak with you about the hurt of your heart. And then I would ask you, are you willing right now to renounce your sin specifically, whether that be pornography, whether that be bitterness of heart, whether that be a financial situation that you've created that you have nearly died in? Whatever it is, are you willing to confess that honestly to Jesus? And are you willing to leave it? Do you want to get well? Yes, that's my question. I don't mean to insult you. My question is do you want to get well? Do you want the fullness of Jesus in your life? Do you want the fullness of victory over all sin? Do you want the fullness of the Holy Spirit to dwell in you with power? Do you want that? Are you ready to do what's necessary to be healed? Yes, there are some things you must do if you're going to be healed. Are you willing to leave your sin? Are you willing to say, Jesus, my Lord, I will make the decision right now to leave my sin To walk away from it. And to totally and utterly and completely and forever. Give myself into your hand. Even though I may die. I give myself to you Jesus. Rule over me. Almighty God. I belong to you. Are you willing to say that today? If you have never said that. I'm going to ask you right now if you're willing to say it and you want me to pray with you. Would you call me? Yes, right now. Call me. The phone number is 877-534-0780. Call and give our producer, Jamal, your name. And he'll tell me your name, and I'll pray for you. We can't talk to each other yet on the phone over the air because they have technical difficulties. And hopefully by Friday, the day of prayer, that will be resolved. But if right now the Holy Spirit is convicting your heart, Some of you, he's only beginning to create a little bit of agitation in your heart. You're a little bit uncomfortable. You're thinking about turning off the broadcast because you're not sure you want to hear this. Please, don't turn the broadcast off. The Holy Spirit is calling you. And if for the first time you want to make that commitment to Jesus, call and give your name. Your producer and that number 877 534 0780 Mr. producer if a call comes in please let me know are you there Jamal hello mr. producer well I don't know where our producer is if you've never said it if you've never made that commitment to Jesus I want you to call now in the story oh, and by the way if you're on YouTube, Just go on YouTube and give your name and say, I make that decision right now. I make that decision right now. Or if some of you have recognized that you've gone back to some old habits, old sins, and you want me to pray for you about that, go on YouTube and give me your name and say yes I'm back in sin please pray for me pastor and I will I will pray for you Jesus saw this man lying there He knew that he'd been there a long time with sickness, with being crippled. He said to him, do you want to be made well? After 38 years, the man might say, no, I don't want to be made well. I'm comfortable right here. I'm waiting for the bubbly water to come. Instead of that, The one being sick answered him, Sir, I have no one. When the water may be stirred up, that he may put me in the pool. While I'm coming, another man goes down before me. Some of you may feel exactly like that that you can never get ahead, you're always behind. Everything is going wrong. And you're depressed, discouraged, hopeless. And Jesus comes and he says, Do you want to change this? And you answer, Man, I've tried everything, nothing works. There's not one sin I haven't committed. I've tried everything. It's hopeless. I can't get through. Some of you who are Christians, can I be so bold as to say to you, some of you who are Christians are comfortable. You've gone to sleep. You're blind, you're naked, you're miserable, but you don't know it. Because you're, you have no anxiety in your heart. You have no anxiousness in your heart. You have no crying out to God in your heart. Life is just humdrum. Every day you get up and you go do the same thing. There's no excitement in Jesus. There's no passion in Jesus. There's no passion in your life. You're just grinding out the days until you die having a little enjoyment here and there but really not getting much out of it you need to call too or you need to go on youtube and and say yes i need jesus do you need jesus And I know some of you will say, I need Jesus like a hole in the head. No, you do need Jesus like a hole in your heart. Are you a masochist? you enjoy the wicked life of suffering in your inner being? Will you give that up? Will you turn to Jesus now? Jesus did not comment with this man about his excuses. Excuses don't work with Jesus. Jesus is a man of action. He makes you into a new person. He gives you new understandings. He will send his spirit forth to you. Jesus says to this man, get up now. Take up your pallet. Walk around carrying your pallet. Walk around, carry your pallet. It's a Sabbath day. He knows, Jesus knows. Some people are going to get angry about this man carrying something on the Sabbath. But as soon as Jesus speaks this word to this man, as he begins to try to get up, His muscles are strengthened, and he is healed, and he is restored. And I'm sure he stood up dancing, and he picked up his mat. He rolled his mat up, and he put it on his shoulder or under his arm. Crowd is standing around. They're cheering. They can't believe what's happened to this man. And in the midst of all of that, Jesus slips away, and he's gone. He doesn't even know who was was the man who spoke to him. He's been healed. He's been restored. He's been made whole. Oh, my brother, my sister, you can be made well today. But it's going to require you getting serious with Jesus about the condition of your soul. And if you are a casual Christian, just seeking information, a nugget here, a nugget there, You're lukewarm. You're passionate about football, maybe. You're passionate about going out to the restaurants and eating. Passionate about your sporting activities. But not passionate about Jesus. You realize you're a dead man? You're a dead woman? Because Jesus is about to spit you out of his mouth. And when he spits you out of his mouth, it's over. You're done. You're finished. He won't come again. Now, as the story goes, Jewish leaders began to confront this man as he walked around in the temple carrying his pallet. And he answered them, The one having made me well, that one said to me, You get up right now. Take up your pallet and walk around carrying it. Walk around carrying your pallet. And they questioned him and they said, who is this man? The one having said to you, you get up right now and take up your pallet and walk around with it. But the man who'd been healed did not know it was Jesus. Jesus. He didn't know who it had been. But Jesus searches him out later in the temple. Wherever he goes, he's causing an uproar because he's carrying his pallet and he's not allowed to carry it. Jesus finds him in the temple and he says to him, look, you've been healed. Having been made well, you must stop sinning from now on. You must stop sinning from now on. It's over. So that something worse may not happen to you. So Jesus is warning this man, look, if you continue to walk in sin, something worse than 38 years of being a cripple will happen to you. Yes, it'll be 38 plus many, 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 many many more years in the fire of hell. That's much worse. Jesus is saying, stop, don't sin anymore. Now, would Jesus tell this man to stop sinning if it were not possible for him to stop sinning? No, of course it was possible. I've been living in 1 John, just reading it over and over and over every day. If you've not read 1 John, sit down in one sitting and just read the book. Read the the epistle, 1 John, not the gospel, 1 John. And you'll find out that you cannot call yourself a Christian and walk in sin. It's that simple. That's what 1 John says. It says that if you continue to walk in your sin, you're lying. You're not a follower of Jesus. You're a son of the devil. Now that's terrifying. It's necessary that we come to terms with the condition of our heart. Are you prepared today to stop sinning? You say, Pastor, I've tried to stop sinning and I can't. No, not until you die. I mean, spiritually, be crucified with Christ. Are you willing to be crucified with Jesus? To lay your life down? To be concerned about your soul's salvation? To be desperately concerned? Now, I'm going to pray for you. Lord Jesus, I come now and I bring before you every person listening to this broadcast who is still walking in their sin. And I ask Jesus that you would begin to bring great conviction upon their hearts. I ask that you would begin to cause them to be anxious in their soul. I ask that you would begin to cause them to not be able to rest. I ask that you would cause them such concern for their soul that they would have to bow before you and agonize over the question, will I give up my sin and go to heaven or will I keep my sin and go to hell? Lord, would you cause an excitement to begin to be stirring in their hearts because the door of salvation is open for them today. The presence of your Spirit is here now with us. And I know that if this man or this woman, this boy or this girl will come before you honestly now and not hide, but admit honestly the condition of their soul, I know you will meet them. So, Lord, I ask for the mighty power of your Holy Spirit to come forth. I ask for the mighty power of your Holy Spirit to come into this broadcast. Lord, I ask for the anointing power of your Holy Spirit to bring conviction In the heart of every person who is listening now to this broadcast. And many who are listening are no longer walking in sin, but they have not been baptized in the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you begin to cause them to be very anxious about this? Would you cause them to be very concerned about their lack of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit? So, Lord, please, I stand by faith right now that you are sending forth your spirit. I bind the spirit of darkness. I'm asking, Lord, for the sweet spirit of prayer to begin to descend now in every car, every office, every home where anyone is listening to this broadcast. Would you begin to come upon them with a sweet aroma of passionate prayer, Lord, we have lacked a spirit of prayer. I'm asking that you would grant the spirit of prayer. That men and women would wake early in the the morning or even in the night hours and be called by your spirit to come and lay before you and to cry aloud for the Holy Spirit to pray about their soul to pray about their family's soul. Lord, there seems to be almost an entire lack of interest in the salvation of anyone. Lord, I'm concerned for the salvation of this great city of Washington, D.C. I'm concerned about the salvation of America. I'm concerned about the salvation of men and women wherever they may be found today. I'm asking for the sweet spirit of prayer to come upon them. I'm asking for great anxiousness of heart that men will be, and women will be called to pray and if they don't pray, they feel like they're going to die. Lord, would you come with power right now that not only would men and women turn away from their sin, but that they would turn to you, Jesus, because you loved them, you died for them. And it's your desire to resurrect them up out of any bondage therein, and to set them free in righteousness and holiness. Oh, Lord, would you come now Would you come now, Spirit of the Living God? I plead that you would come now and minister to the people listening. Oh, Jesus, we have treated you so casually, we've been so intellectual, but we lack the experience of the power of Pentecost and the ministry that you called each one of us to. Lord, give us the victory. I ask even now for the anointing power of the Holy Spirit to go forth and baptize men and women in your name, in the name of Jesus. Baptize them in the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. And all of God's people said, Amen. Well, this man went and testified that it was Jesus who healed him. And the Jews were very angry. The Jewish leaders, not the people, the the leaders, were very angry. Remember, John said in the first chapter, he came to his own. But they rejected him. The creator of heaven and earth, they rejected him. They turned aside from him. And now verse 16, this is John 5, 16. Because of this, the Jews were persecuting Jesus. They were seeking to kill him because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. None of them could do these things. None of them could heal anybody. But they rejected what God had sent for them. Some of you are rejecting what Jesus is sending to you. I'm praying you will not reject Jesus. That as he says to you, stand up and walk. Take up your pallet. That you will do just that. That you will begin to walk in righteousness. If you find you can't leave your sin, it's because you love it. Pray that Jesus will give you hatred for it that he will turn your heart aside from it. That he will touch you. That he will anoint you. That he will release you from the captivity you find yourself in. And I find that people make all kinds of excuses and theologies to justify their living in this bondage. Oh, I have to pay the consequence for my sin. No, you don't. Jesus paid the consequence on Calvary's tree. That's New Covenant theology. He wants to release you. He wants to pay your debt. He wants to put his arms around you and carry you, and he wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he wants you to minister in his name to the lost and the dying. My brother, my sister, Jesus loves you. And He wants you to stand up and be well. Will you do it? Will you stand up? Will you say, Yes, yes, Pastor. I will stand up. I will leave my sin. Some of you are going to have to take some time with this because there's no urgency in your heart. There's no real conviction in your soul. And you're right. I don't want you to be dishonest and say, oh, I'll leave my sin, Pastor. And then you don't leave your sin then you would be under a curse of God. This is serious business. This is life and death stuff. I don't come casually to this mic. I don't speak to you in casual words. I come asking, will you renounce your sin now? All of it, will you renounce it now by name? And will you turn to Jesus And will you receive him? Will you live for him? Will you turn aside from the world, the flesh, and the devil? Will you give up the worldly music, even called Christian, but will you give it all up? Will you give up the entertainment? Will you give up your beloved television and Internet? Will you turn to Jesus? Will you allow Jesus to rule your heart? Well, we're almost out of time for this broadcast today. I urge you to read John, the fifth chapter. I also urge you to read the epistle of 1 John in its entirety in one sitting. And I also invite you to be honest with Jesus about your giving. I'm not casual about money. For without money I'm off the air and this broadcast ends. And we are far from where we need to be in terms of paying for February's radio bill January is paid but February we're still more than a thousand dollars short and I don't want to have to use the money that many of you will send at the first of the month to pay for February because March is almost four thousand dollars it's a big month 23 broadcast days and I have to pay by the broadcast day. So I'm asking and if I need to, I'll have to just stop teaching and do offertory days until we're able to cover the cost of the radio. It is by faith. It's all by faith. So, would you help Thank you to each one of you who already has. Thank you for the brother who just made a, a pledge to help cover the cost of February. Thank you. You can go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com and click on the upper right-hand corner and it will take you to a, a place online where you can donate Thank you for each one of you who covers the cost of that. Some of you do and some of you don't. I just appreciate when you do. Every dime will go to cover the cost of this outreach ministry. And it will pay the radio bill. So thank you. You can also write to me Let me give you that address. I was cut off yesterday. I was too long. Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, that address, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Just give what you can. I don't want it to be a hardship for you, but if you believe that this broadcast is valuable and needs to be heard in Washington, D.C., then give. If you think this broadcast needs to be on FM radio, then give hilariously. I'm waiting on Jesus. And I'm going to be faithful each day to come and proclaim to you the gospel of Jesus and to call you to a full repentance and call you to live a life victorious in Jesus and to call you to be involved in the salvation of other men and women bearing testimony even if they get angry and cut you off as many will. But I'm going to constantly call you to cry out Luke 11, asking the Father to give you the fullness of Pentecost in the Holy Spirit. So my brother, my sister, just so we're clear with each other, it's about Jesus. Not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Will you will you give yourself now totally into his hand and trust him? Trust him for the finances. Trust him for the salvation. Trust him for eternity. Trust him in every respect and rest in him in the joy of your salvation. I've enjoyed being with you today. I pray that this has been helpful to you. I know it's time. I believe that as we go forward the next month we are going to see some things that will be very frightening we're going to see at some point a collapse of our currency we're going to see the rolling debt roll right over America but don't worry our home is heaven we're on our way God bless you pilgrims of Jesus I'll talk to you soon Able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory.